0: headquarters of ramsey solutions it's the ramsey show where we help people build wealth do work that they love and create actual amazing relationships ken coleman ramsey personality the host of the ken coleman show Author of the number one best selling book, From Paycheck to Purpose, is my co host today. So, we definitely can handle your career, job, and work questions, along with anything else you want to throw at us. The phone number is 888 825 5225. Thanks for being there. We're going to start this hour with William in St. Louis. Hi, William. How are you?
1: Doing good, Dave. Hi, Ken. How are you? Doing good.
0: What's up? How can we help?
1: Yes, I have a question. I'm 30 years old. I graduated with my degree in computer science. I currently work in a trade right now doing foundation repair. And I'm thinking of pursuing a career in the military, but not quite sure if it's what I should be doing. I, don't, I feel as though I don't have much of an opportunity of growth using either of the skills that I've learned or would like to do them long term.
2: Okay, so we have two different factors there. So first, I don't feel like I have opportunity for growth. Uh, with a computer science degree, I that, that couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, technology is the number one industry where we stand today, and going forward will continue to be so. So the sky's the limit on technology. Now, in the trades, I would say that's incorrect in the trades as well, but in your particular role as foundation repair, maybe that's true. So that's one narrative problem. The second thing you brought up is uh, – i don't know if i want to do them long term now that's 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 what we need to be paying attention to so is the military just another option or is it something that you've always longed to do you you're a patriot you want to serve our country in a specific way or is it just another option that maybe i'll kick the tires on because i don't want to do computer and technology work and i don't want to be in the trades what is it
1: um i've always had the drive to do so since my senior year of high school and even through college but now that I've been uh, a working professional for this long, I I feel like I, I can't get the opportunity with my foot in the door to use my computer degree. And like I say, doing trades, it's it's fun, but I don't. I'm not any benefits, or any, actually, any benefits at all.
0: Okay, well, let's if pause. I offered you a job making one hundred fifty thousand in computer science, would you be? Would you have joy?
1: I'm not sure, complete joy, but I mean, it wouldn't hurt either.
0: Well, I mean, what? Why? Why not complete joy?
1: Honestly, it's, it, money's not a, really a motivator for me.
2: So back to the military thing. I thought I heard you say that you've always wanted to serve in the military since high school. Did I hear you correctly? That's correct. Okay, then. Why? What's behind that?
1: I haven't had much goal or general direction of what I want to do, so I just kind of fall on you know, whatever seems easier.
2: Okay, that's not a good answer to I've always wanted <laughs> to be in the military. It's completely opposite. So... Um what you have to understand is is that there there are things that you do well those are your talents and then there's things that you really enjoy doing and to this point in your life I think you know what those are so if I interviewed everybody that knows you William what would they say are the top 2 or 3 things you do well and we're talking about a skill set could be a hard skill or a soft skill what would they say
1: I'm not quite sure I'm not I don't have that many talents All
2: right now we know what's going on So here's where we're at, William. So I'm going to give you a couple of tools that will allow you to dive into this, not under the pressure of being live on the air. Okay? I'll tell you about those in a minute. But here's what's going on. Something has happened to you. Something has been said to you to where you don't believe that you have anything to offer. You don't think you have any talents. And that couldn't be further from the truth. So what we got to do is we got to get you to a place where you begin to see, wait a second, I have something that I can do well. It's come easy for me. People have complimented me on this. And if I'm if I'm able to get through the pain and through the past and see that, then I can begin to realize, oh, I have something that I can do well. And when we get the clues to that, there will be things that we enjoy closely aligned, if not the same thing. So stay on the line. And I want to do a couple of things. I want to give you the get clear career assessment. And this is a wonderful little tool of self-awareness. I want you to take it. And then I want you to read the book from paycheck to purpose. Then I want to schedule a call. Austin, let's schedule to have him call in on my show after he's done both of those things and we'll work through what we now see. And Dave, uh, you know, our friend John Deloney deals with this a lot too. When someone feels as though they have no worth, they don't feel they're worthy. And then they have a hard time even identifying I can do this well. This is a type of work that I can do and contribute to the world. And that's what's going on with him.
0: Yeah, and then you fall backwards. That's correct. You into just start things selecting things. Oh by I'll try default. This. Right. Well, I mean you just like take take the path of least resistance is like I can't screw that up.
2: Right. I'll go to the military and they'll tell me what to do and I can screw to do that it. up. Right.
0: Now and that's not that this is um Earl Nightingale, great motivator, used to say that you take an eighteen year old Young man, young woman, and they've got the whole world in front of them. There's nothing but hope. Mm-hmm. There's nothing but dreams. There's nothing but vision. There's nothing but excitement. And if you're not careful, how do they select their first career choice? What their friends are doing. Mm-hmm. That's right. I just got on down to factory. Come on <laughs> right. down there hiring. Right. And that's about how much work you they spend more time picking out a suit of clothes than they do a career. That's right. And you can fall backwards into mm-hmm. things if you don't... Uh, deem yourself uh of great value. Yeah. And um, you know, if you're in the technology world and you actually know how to do technology, uh, the sky's the limit. Yeah, you're incredibly on believed. what you can do. Yeah. But you got to actually believe it. And That's I can't true. get my foot in the door it has nothing to do with mm-hmm. the technology world it has to do with his foot.
2: You nailed it. See, here's what's going on with this young man and a lot of people that are listening today and watching. If you don't see how you are uniquely put together, uh, then you will never believe that you have tremendous value. So this is really a self-awareness situation, but I will tell you that undoubtedly, and I don't want to put him on the spot on the air, undoubtedly he has been in an environment or he's had some experiences that has made him feel as though he doesn't have much to offer. And so awareness is huge to begin to see himself as somebody who can do things well, that's talent. Who enjoys doing things? That's passion, and who is motivated by results? That's a sense of mission, and that's what's in the assessment that we'll give him. So I want the audience to know. I didn't want to put him on the spot. Uh, I've talked to so many people like that on the air that they're dealing with a cloud of confusion. Uh,
0: and, and when you're in that, you don't interview well. Yeah, you can't see because n- everyone doing an interview looks at that, looks at that person that's using that type of lingo and sentence structure, mm-hmm. and they go, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, yeah," pretty quick. It's almost as big a turnoff as the other end of the spectrum where you get a guy, if you could buy him for what he's worth and sell him for what he thinks he's worth, you'd be rich, right? <laughs> you get a guy on the other side who's all pumped up and, you know, yes, really thinks true. he's something he's not, right? right? Yeah. And that's the other end of the spectrum. And so when you're when you're an employer doing an interview or uh, an HR person, doing, a recruiter doing an interview, you're picking up on these vibes off of either one of these two characters we're talking about here. And uh, it makes a difference. Quiet confidence and courage is an amazingly powerful thing. It changes your voice tone. It changes your body language. It changes your, um, the believability that you can add value to an organization. This is The Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Melissa is with us in Rochester, New York. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
3: Hi, good afternoon, sir. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: Sure. What's up?
3: Sure, sir. The reason why I'm calling in is because I'm having a couple of issues right now. I currently own the home that I live in. It is completely paid off. However, that home is actually my mom's home.
0: What Um, was your mom's home? It's now yours.
3: Yes, it was my mom's home. It is in my name now. It is paid off. However, it was originally my mom's home. She lost it, and so I helped her save the home, and now it's in my name out of fear that she'll lose it again. However, sir, um, my mom has made infrastructure changes to the property. um, Without This was before I even had the home. She had made infrastructure changes, and she didn't properly permit the house. So she's gone now a couple years with having rooms that she created into the house that weren't permitted and so now I'm in fear that I may be f- facing any type of legal issues or ramifications that can come out of the house being in my name and her doing things to the home before they were even in my name and so now I'm trying to just save myself any issues that may come out of all of this and I want to just undeed myself indeed deed my mom back on the property and just give her the p- property to take care of
0: How old is your mom?
3: My mom is seven years old.
0: Okay. What did she do to the house?
3: She refinanced it. No, I'm talking about the structural
0: issues. What did she change?
3: She added um, bedrooms to the property.
0: So she did an addition.
2: Yes.
3: It changed the square footage
0: of the house. Are they not within code? Well, no, they had, if you didn't permit and you changed the square, she changed the footprint, right? Yes. Oh, so great. the
3: actual outside structure of the home is the same. It was never changed. But what she did was she built up additional walls, creating bedrooms. Inside.
0: Inside the original Inside. footprint.
3: Inside the original footprint, correct. Yeah, that's why i
0: Well, asking. they have no way of knowing what happened there. Right. Correct. So, no, you don't have any lot of bed, Nothing to worry about. There's nothing to worry about.
2: There's nothing to worry about?
0: Right. Nothing to worry about. Unless, and that's why I asked the Did code she question. rewire the house without getting an electrical permit? No. Did she replumb the house without getting a plumbing permit? Yes. Completely replumbed the whole house?
3: Well she added a a bathroom. She yeah. added one bathroom. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is it done is the, the construction the
0: done of reasonable quality?
3: Yes, it is.
0: Okay. I don't think you got a thing to worry about. Nothing at all. I think you got a thing to worry about. It would have been better to permit it, but lots of people do that kind of stuff. (laughs) I mean, that's a fairly normal practice. Yeah. Some, some municipalities are much more strict than others. I can't tell you that, you know, Rochester, New York is not like the toughest in the world or something. I don't know that, but in general, most people, you know, it's inside the footprint. She didn't change the dimensions of the house. And, um, you know, she didn't illegally do a trade other than adding a bath. I, I, I I really truly um I I I don't think you got a thing to worry about. And I wouldn't give her the okay. house back. Cause she's going to borrow gonna against it, it. it. Well, and here's what's going to happen is she's going to screw it up and then she's going to try and leave it to you when she dies. And you got the mess right. again. You you're going to get it back. This thing's a boomerang.
3: <laughs> yes. And now my my one fear right now is So the conditions of the house, the roof needs to be replaced. That's about $20,000. The driveway needs to be replaced. Fencing needs to be added because she hasn't.
0: Is she living in it or are you?
3: We're both living in it right now.
0: What do you make a year?
3: Uh, Right now I'm not working. I decided to put myself back into school and I just graduated two months ago. How do you people um, eat? Um, Where's the money? Well, I have savings that I use up right now. I only have about two thousand savings left.
0: And you have a paid-for house that's all run down. Come again, sir. It's you have a paid-for house, but it's all run down.
3: Yes, it's run down. Yeah, and it's what are you getting ready to do having... for a
0: career now?
3: I'm getting ready to go into public safety, law enforcement, to be specific.
0: And you'll be making right what? Now. I'll be making approximately $60,000 a year. Okay. All right. Well, and I currently have. Okay. okay I would not 6, deed 000. it back to her. I would either sell it to an investor as is and you guys go about your merry way, or I would sit there with a plan to, to uh, gradually do the uh, repairs that need to be done out of cash from your new job. Part of this is you want to get rid of the, uh, of all the negative things that your mom represents by getting rid of this house.
3: Yes, sir, because right now she rents out. That's, that's where some of the income is coming. And she did additional bedrooms. She rents out the bedrooms. And so that income, she claims it all because that's technically her retirement, so she doesn't work.
0: I'm sorry, the house is yours. How does she yeah. rent out your house and she collects the rent? Y'all are weird.
3: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's only because it's only because the house was originally mine. I did save it from her. I didn't technically have any financial investment in it. Um, How did you save it save then? It. Um, I was able to um, when she short sold the house. I was able to purchase it for about forty thousand
0: dollars, and that's she was called a financial investment.
3: Yes, and she has since then refunded me that money.
0: Okay, um, you don't have boundaries. Is, you, is know, I, bottom line. I, you know I, I I think you might be right Melissa I actually I'm change. I'm gonna change my mind right here in the middle of this call wow I think you deed it to her and let her have it and you go have a life and when she passes away you auction it off don't you ever move in it okay I think this house and all the chaos that occurs around your mother in this house uh, is all a huge negative spot for you and a clean fresh start in criminal justice system is a, a great thing for you. Clean, no chaos, simple little one-bedroom apartment, and you build up some cash again, and uh, you've come out even. She gave you the money back that you used to save the short sale, but you can just push all of this chaotic weirdness over to the side and not have to worry about it anymore and just i would yeah i I would talk to a title company and i'd deed it out of your name into hers and you go move
2: but only if there's a clean break there
0: yeah you have to you have to stay away your own place you you have to have your life completely separate completely clean all the chaos stays over there on her side of the fence don't help with the roof anything around this mom figure is chaotic i can smell it in the air she's a character (laughs) mom's a character And then you're sitting there trying to be a normal person in the middle of this character. And that's why I called y'all weird. So um, I couldn't figure out how you own the house and she's collecting the rent. uh, But now I'm starting to understand. So, yeah, I think it is a good idea. Let's just get away from it. But not because of the remodeling, uh, because of the chaos around your mom. And this is never going to be, it's always going to be the weird part of your life until you give it a little bit of distance and a little bit of a boundary. Mm -hmm. All right, Casey's in St. Petersburg, Florida. Hi, Casey, what's up?
3: Hi, thank you for taking my call. Sure, how can I help? Um, so I've just been listening to your show for about a month now, and I um, understand a little bit about the baby steps, and I actually just signed up for the financial peace uh, course through my church. So wow, I'm great. To get started on that, yeah. Um, so my situation is that I am 41, single. Um, I have 183000 in student loan debt.
0: You a doctor or a lawyer?
3: Uh, nurse practitioner.
0: Oh, good. That's Uh, even better. Okay. So you're making Um, what? 110?
3: um, I'm making 135.
0: 135. Great. I love it. What other debts have you got?
3: Um, I have 8,000 in private student loan debt. Okay. um, 5,000 in a parent plus loan for Mm -hmm. my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I have this is the really hard part to even say out loud, is I have um, $19,000 in credit card debt Mm -hmm. from medical bills um, Mm -hmm. and other things.
0: Okay, what we're going to do is just do what we do in Financial Peace University. You're going to live on beans and rice, rice and beans. You make a wonderful income, and as a nurse practitioner, you can also pick up some side gigs called ER on the weekends, and it pays really well. I want you working all the time. I want you spending no money no restaurants, no eating out, no vacations, no life. And now we're making 150, 160. We're going to live on about 40. And we're going to throw 100 at this student loan debt. And you're going to be 100% debt free in around two years, but it's going to be two years of hell. So get ready. It'll be worth it though, because you'll be free. That's exactly how you're going to attack this with great focused intensity. Good question. I'm proud of you. Get at it. Holler if you need some more help.
2: Fake it till you make it. It's popular career advice, but it doesn't work for very long. If you don't love what you do, you can't fake the enthusiasm and energy you need to win at work. You also can't fake your physical health and energy. Everybody knows we should eat more fruits and veggies, but fruit chews and veggie chips don't count. If you aren't winning physically, I promise you're limiting your opportunities to win professionally. Folks, I know you're going hard right now to pay off debt and get ahead professionally. You need another gear. And that's why Balance of Nature will help you. They help me. They give me the benefits of fresh, whole fruits and veggies in just seconds. The blend of 31 different fruits and veggies is powdered in an advanced process that locks in the nutrients. So go to balanceofnature.com and enter the promo code RAMSEY to get 35% off your first order and lock in a lifetime price as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com with the promo code RAMSEY for 35% off your first order.
0: Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co host today. I'm Dave Ramsey. Thanks for joining us. The phone number is 888 825 5225. Rebecca is in Denver. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
3: Hi, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? I'm wondering what your thoughts are on purchasing a custom tiny home. Okay. So, my situation is I'm going through a divorce. Um, my daughter and I are living in an apartment, mm. and we're selling our house. And wondering, um, on the other end of it, I should have between 100 and 125 thousand um, from the equity. I'm going to beef up my emergency fund, and then I could pay cash for a for a custom tiny house. And my daughter is a senior in high school. Um, otherwise, I'll probably stay in the apartment for a few years. Trying to save some more money, just kind of was wondering. I know how you feel about trailers. I wasn't sure if it was the same with the tiny houses. Yeah.
0: What's your uh, income?
3: Uh, eighty five thousand a year. All
0: Right. And um, how long were you married? Seven years. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. It's a hard thing to go through. Um, Yeah. Well, here's the problem with the tiny house. Um other than the fact that it's tiny. (laughs) Here's (laughs) the problem with the tiny house. Uh, There is no track record out there. It's a fairly new phenomenon, and there's no track Mm -hmm. record out there that says that there's a secondary market for it, meaning when you get ready to sell it, there's no evidence in the marketplace yet that you're going to be able to sell it at all and that you'll be able to sell it um, uh, for a... Price uh, even close to what you paid for it, so you okay. you could get really stuck. Um, right. If they, you know, you know. So why is it I don't like mobile homes? Well, there's a long track record; they go down in value a hundred percent of the time. Okay, so we have a pattern, an observable pattern, and in finance things, that's what you're looking for is an observable pattern, and so it's why you would uh, like, for instance, if you bought a home in a neighborhood uh, that is way out on the edge of town and is brand new, that's not as predictable an environment as buying a home in a tree-lined street that has been there for 20 years and is very predictable. You follow me? Yes. So even those two neighborhoods, those are both single-family homes I'm discussing there, but those two neighborhoods give you – a predictable pattern and that's why i would never buy a tiny home because it's such a new phenomenon we don't know what's going to happen and and we do okay. know this we do know this the market is uh is nowhere near the per the number of people looking for a tiny home at a given moment would be way smaller than the number of people looking for a regular home agreed yes so your your opportunity to your your buyer pool that you would sell to is very small. No pun intended. Okay. So <laughs> not physically small, but number small, <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of tiny home jokes here, but yeah, the, uh, yeah, so I, I, yeah, no, I would not buy one for that reason. It's okay. that simple. It's not that I hate on them or something like that. I do hate the, uh, I uh, this idea that they're presented out there as somehow the answer to high house prices, the answer right. to this or that. They're not the answer. You know, not yet. Someday there may be a robust market of people buying other people's tiny homes. Uh, but today there's not. And so, no, I would tell you don't do that. I would rent an apartment for a little while. I don't think it's going to be five years. I i think you can go buy a home. You have a good income. you got got 100000 bucks to put down. So get you a yeah. good 15-year fix. You, you know, Denver's an expensive market. It's tough to buy there. But I would not give up on real estate for five years. So you you kind of presented me three options. I'm going to be in an apartment, I'm going to buy a tiny home, or I'm going to be in an apartment and wait five years. Two options. Uh, And and I think you're in an apartment a lot less than five years. Um, But part of this is you guys getting your your spirits Mm -hmm. and your emotions reset after this pain that you two have been through, you and your daughter. And uh, just having a simple apartment situation is, a not a bad thing for a year and just use that year to live very conservatively and add to the hundred thousand dollar down payment. And then talk about maybe this time next year, you're talking about buying a home and you know, it's a presidential election year. Maybe we'll see interest rates come down. Who knows other than the fact that they almost always do during a presidential election because it's hard to get elected. You pretty much give up the white house if you give up the economy. Hmm. So we kinda of yes. got that coming, right? There is that.
2: And I you know, I also think just with all the pain and trauma that they're going through, that high school senior daughter needs some space. And yeah. you're in a tiny home, there's no space. And her having her own, you know, place to move around that senior year, let you guys heal and get stable. I think this comes from a lot of people feel like uh, renting is throwing money away and it's not when we're getting stable.
0: It's not when it's patience with a plan. Yes. Yeah. Spoken like a dad of teenagers. Okay. Yes. Yes. Mary is in Washington, DC. Hi, Mary. How are you
3: doing? Okay. How are you guys doing
0: better than we deserve? How can we help?
3: (laughs) Yeah, i was calling in My husband and I have just started following your program. Um, and you know, we've made some, some I think smart decisions over the years, but we've been doing things in the different in, in the not necessarily the order that you guys have laid out. And so I wanted to call in and check to see, um, sort of a a challenging question. a moral question is, should we pull back on things like tithing mm-hmm. or retirement in the short term mm-hmm. to focus on debt? It feels odd mm-hmm. to do that. Um, but I know that it's a hunk of, of money, so mm-hmm. I don't know. We're just calling to get get your thoughts and advice
0: on that. Okay. Uh, we never tell people to pull back on their tithe. Okay. Your tithe okay. is off the top. It's first fruits, it says in Proverbs many times, and so it's the first thing you do. So if you're a person of faith, which is what, what yeah. you're indicating by saying tithe, because yeah. that's, that's a, a, a word associated with our faith, um, so Judeo-Christian ethic of some kind, of, you know, whether you're Christian or Jewish, either one. But that's where the word tithe comes from. So you're putting that up front. Now, the rest of it yeah. is uh, the most powerful wealth-building tool you have is your income. And when you give it to someone else in the form of debt payments, you slow down your ability to build wealth. So how old are you guys?
3: Um, 40, 41.
0: Okay. And how much debt do you have, not counting your home?
3: Uh, about sixty thousand on what um, fifty eight of it is um, student loans and a few thousand left on a car
0: and um, what's your household income
3: uh, about one hundred and ten.
0: okay and how much do you have in retirement now
3: um, We each have maybe between ooh, eighty and a hundred okay. and do you
0: have any money that's not in retirement?
3: Uh, We have a little bit in savings. What's a little bit?
0: $5,000. Okay. You don't have another mutual fund sitting around or another investment account or anything else?
3: No, no. It's all sort of wrapped up in retirement.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So what we would tell you to do, and we think this is the short, we know, we've proven this is the shortest path to wealth versus the one you're on, is... Uh, we would continue our charitable giving, continue tithing off the top before you do anything. Be on a detailed mm-hmm. written budget on the Every Dollar app. The two of you are in agreement on what we're doing. I would temporarily stop the retirement savings, and I would clean up this debt in the next twelve to eighteen months. And then you don't have any payments but a house payment. But this student loan's going to hang around so long as you think it's a freaking pet? Yeah,
3: it's, it's been around for, for you know fifteen. Plus years now. Oh, it's so. a fat pet. Uh,
0: okay, yeah. yeah, this thing needs. <laughs> Sally pathetic. May's got. Sally May's gotten to be a toxic bother. She needs oh, to go.
3: Certainly. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah. yes, and we've gotten it down. I mean, no, we've, we had no, you hadn't. You, you still owe fifty-eight. Don't
0: tell me you guys. It. It's fifty-eight thousand dollars. You you need to attack this with complete focus yeah. and temporarily for a short period of time, year to a year okay. and a half. I'd stop my retirement and I would attack that with a vengeance. Like my hair was on fire. And uh, if you do that, I mean, you put 30000 a year on it, you'll be done in two years. You put 60000 a year on it, you're done in one year. So somewhere between those two is probably where you're going to land. And I'd really dial it up and get after it, kiddo.
4: This is The Ramsey Show. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, if you can't even remember the last time you had half an hour to yourself... Be honest. Ask why. It's probably because everyone else's schedules, priorities, and emergencies are driving your life. And when you can't keep carrying that load, talking to a professional therapist can be a game-changer. Therapy can be a place to work through your challenges with time, boundaries, commitments, and your own self-worth. Therapy can be incredible for figuring out what even makes you happy anymore and how to go make that happen. If you're thinking of starting therapy, try BetterHelp. Because therapy isn't just for people who've experienced trauma. It's great for building skills to be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is completely online, so it's flexible enough to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney.
0: Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Our last caller, 40 years old, with a student loan that's been around forever. Still hanging out with a student loan at 40. 58000 dollars student loan. Um, and of course, we are most of us aware anyway that student loan interest restarted September 1 and the payments will start in a couple of weeks here again in October. So we've got um, somewhere around 44 million Americans with 1.7 trillion dollars in debt that have this uh, train barreling down the tracks at you. So we decided to help out because the name of our company is Ramsey Solutions. So we need to give some solutions, not just um not just squawking about it. So we're going to do that tonight. If you want to join us, 7 p.m. tonight, Tuesday night, September the 12th, we are doing a live stream. It's completely free. It is me, Jade Warshaw, and Rachel Cruz. We're going to be talking about student loan debt in America, how we got here and how we're going to get out. Uh, It'll be in four or five hours from right now if you're listening to us live, but it is at 7 p.m. Central time. Tuesday night, September the 12th. It's free. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash loans, and you can put in your email address, and uh, you'll be able to give the live stream a free watch. We'll send you the link. Pretty simple. Patricia is up next in Roanoke, Virginia. Hi, Patricia. How are you? Good. Thank you. I have a question
3: about my auto. Okay. So my question is, my lease is coming up, Um, I went to the dealership and the amount to buy it out is
5: Mm
3: $27,000. Now, um, I don't know if I should just go ahead and buy the car or get a cheaper car and and be just kind of like debt free because I will still have the mortgage. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm Do you have any money?
3: Uh, I do have a savings of $30,000.
0: Okay. Um. What is the car worth?
3: Uh, 28000 so So okay. $1,000 over the price.
0: Yeah, so it's no bargain. It's an okay deal, mm-hmm. but you can probably get that deal in a used car lot. So there's, yep. there's nothing that says to buy this car. If you were sitting with um, no car right now and you told me you had $30,000, I would not tell you to buy a $28,000 car. Because
6: mm-hmm.
0: you only have $30,000. That would be using up all of your money. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I'm gonna toss them the keys when this lease is up and go buy you about a $10,000 car. What do you make a year?
3: Uh, it depends, but the minimum 55,000, it depends how much I work, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Well, the maximum car you ought to buy would be uh 50% of your income. So, that puts you at about, you know, 25,000 bucks, but that's too much car because you don't have the money. So if I woke up in your shoes, I would have no car payment and be driving a very nice, gently experienced $10,000 car. Now, the difference in a $10,000 car and a $30,000 car is pretty substantial. But it's mm-hmm. not It's not like it's unreliable. It's not like it's not safe. It's not like it's any of those things. What is unreliable is being broke. What is unsafe is being broke. And $2,000 with a $30,000 car when you make 65000 is broke. I wouldn't put you there. So I wouldn't buy that car, and I wouldn't buy anything anywhere near that price. Uh, now, if you told me you had 100000 in savings, yeah, and you love this car, maybe. But uh, even then, it's a lot of car for someone with your income. A lot, lot of money tied up.
2: Yeah, I, I, I've been shopping. Dave, you know this, for teenagers. You can get really decent cars. Uh, in the 10 to twelve thousand dollar range even in this so-called you know used car inflationary period you can do it you just have to swallow your pride and go wait a second I'd rather have more money than so-called pride and you can get really decent cars that are functional and still in good shape it's very doable I look all the time I got two more to buy next year I'm a used car expert Dave at least I've <laughs> self-proclaimed you know
0: but I mean that's reality well you're finding stuff out there that's safe yes it's got a lot of life left in it. Yes. It's not filthy. It's not, it's not trashed not, it's on not, the it's inside. Not, not, I mean, a $15,000 car is not a hoopty. No. You know, that's a nice car.
2: I just got my son Ty, a Ford Explorer, 2012 Ford Explorer. Just give you an example. $12,000, bought it from a nice local businessman, had it in his it's at HVAC. If I said the name, you'd know him. And it was sitting in their parking lot. They've treated it wonderfully. It's in phenomenal shape. His eyes about bugged out of his head. And mine, too. I didn't expect to get something that nice at that price range. But uh, it's a fantastic car, barely over 100,000 miles. Wow. So,
0: I mean, this isn't isn't
2: fantasy. I'm not just saying this. Uh It's it's
0: doable. Yeah. That's what we would do in your shoes. Kennedy is in Indianapolis. Hi, Kennedy. How are you?
7: I'm good. How are you?
0: Better than I deserve. What's up?
7: Um, Okay. So, this is actually for Ken, um, more so. So I applied for, um, I'm in a position, I've been in it for a year and a half. I meet all the qualifications to get promoted to a senior position per the guidelines that my job laid out. The only thing I'm missing is the year and a half of in the same position. I've worked for the company for almost five years come February, but I've been in this position for a year and a half. They want me to be in it for three but I have all of the other qualifications and they're like, we're sorry, we can't do anything because you don't have the extra year and a half. So you just have to sit there for a year and a half before we will promote you. I don't know how to get around that. I'm doing everything extra. I listened to you a couple of days ago and you're like, you know, just, I asked my boss, Hey, I want to be promoted. I want to be a manager. This is what I want to do. What do I have to do mm-hmm. to get it? And she said, you've got to wait the year and a half.
2: Yeah. So
7: is there anything I can do,
2: no, you have to decide. <laughs> Do, Do you want, you want to, to there. be there?
0: Do you want to work there? Because
2: they have laid out for you what is required, mm. and you know, listen, this is this is the tension between patience and persistence. You know, we want to move forward, we want progress, but it requires patience. And so now they've laid it out very clearly for. You. In fact, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm really impressed that they held the line. On what they prefer I'm not, they sound
0: like a bunch of idiot bureaucrats. <laughs> well, then there's Dave's opinion. I mean, uh, really? I mean, but, why but they, would you? I'll tell the you why. Woman, the woman's been there five years. She'd be promoted at Ramsey. Well, but we don't if know she meet, anything well, about the organization. She meets maybe. all the other qualifications. The only thing she hadn't done is sit on her butt in that one role for a year and a half. All right, so let me clarify.
2: Yeah. I don't necessarily have to agree with it. I respect the fact that they were clear, and they've held the line, I'll and they're consistent. So the point is they communicated clearly to you is what I was saying, yeah. and I respect yeah, which that. which gives
0: you the opportunity to leave. So
2: now you get to decide. Do you want to wait okay. another year and a half, or do you want to move on? So, So here's okay. the ultimate. If you knew that they changed their mind today— would you be mm-hmm. super excited about the present and the okay, future I totally with this company? Would. Well then, yes. then, I
7: love this. I love the company. It's just I. I don't want to be stuck in the same role. I am. I want to get promoted. I feel like I deserve to get promoted because
3: I have. All
2: right, done let me ask you this. Done above. All right, let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you, do you agree with Dave that they're uh, that they're uh, it's, requirement, arbitrary. it's arbitrary? Well, is it arbitrary yes. or or do they tie it to actual hours? I don't even know what you do. Is it arbitrary or is no. it legit?
7: Um, what it, that they require better. three
2: years of experience
7: so in their requirement they have eight different sections and you have to meet about 50 50 percent in eight of those sections and then the requirement is minimum of three years in the same position doing the same role and i have that from like Outside experience, but not three years with uh, the company. So
2: not three years with them. Okay. I get it. All right. Yeah. I get what Dave is saying, but too. But she's been there five years. Yeah, I think you should get the but gig. But I've
7: been with them for five years.
2: Yeah, listen, I agree with Dave you should get the gig, but I at least appreciate they've told you. So now you got to deal with it. I don't think you okay. being the squeaky wheel is going to change their policy. Some people in some companies like policy more than well, this, they do this principle. Big, this
0: big company, too. Of course.
2: It? Yes. Guaranteed. Yeah, it's a, it's a policy over principle. Yeah, they have, they have more
0: rules than sense.
2: That's all they do. They don't think. Well, wait a second. This lady's got this experience outside of here. She more than meets the requirement. That's not the way they think. So you got to decide: Do I want to be here and deal with the way they think, or do I want to move on? Unfortunately, that's what you are left with.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I mean, they do have the right to do that. it's, it's their right. They own it. Yeah, And, you know, sometimes people don't agree with stuff I do here, and it's got my name on the building, though. i do whatever I want to do. (laughs) That's right. You don't have to agree (laughs) with it. And then sometimes they leave because they don't agree with it. And that's That's an option. that's, That's an option, too. Yep. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth do work that they love and create actual amazing relationships thank you for joining us america i'm dave ramsey your host ken coleman ramsey personality host of the ken coleman show and author of the number one selling book from paycheck to purpose where he helps people with their careers their jobs and their work and he's going to be doing that today right here on the ramsey show Phone number here is 888-825-5225. Louisa is with us in Washington, D.C. Hi, Louisa. How are you?
8: Good afternoon. So great to be speaking with you today. Thank you so much for taking my call.
0: Thank you. What's up?
8: All right. I've got a what would Dave do scenario, and I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say, but I will kind of just want to walk through some options I have, and it's concerning my mortgage. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of background. Um, I have an arm um, that resets every November, and um, it hasn't really been, you know, much of an issue until recently. Obviously, because the rates have gone up, so mm-hmm. it is resetting from four and a half to six and a half percent. Joyful. Um, yep. The balance on the loan is ninety nine thousand. I've actually paid off fifty two thousand in the last year,
0: mm-hmm.
8: and I am on track to pay this off. My goal is December of twenty twenty five. Okay, so here are the scenarios I just want to walk through, want to get your thought. Um, Option one is just to, you know, stick with, you know, stick with the the new payment coming up in November. Um, My payment is actually going down $180, even with the rate going up because I've paid off so much. So it's actually going down um, $180. So that's option one is just proceeding with, you know, 6.5%. and then you know, would, the rate would reset you know next year. Option two uh, is a recast, and I've kind of read where you're not a big fan of a mortgage recast, um, and want to get your thoughts on this. So obviously the rate would stay the same, six and a half percent. This would require a twenty thousand dollar payment um, by the end of October, and that would lower the payment hundred and forty dollars a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's option two, and then why would you three, want to
0: lower it if you're paying it off in two years? What's the benefit? Uh,
8: well, I, I guess that's where I, I, I think
0: I don't. I don't understand. Okay. It's I, like we're trying to pay it off in two years or two and a half years, right? Right.
8: Right. And, and so, I, and why, I,
0: How does lowering the payment accomplish that?
8: Um. I mean, it's lowering the interest that I'm paying. Right? No, it's not. I mean, that would be. No, it's not. Um, if you recast, lower, are you it,
0: you're going to recast at a lower interest rate?
8: No, I'm okay. recasting. I'm taking it from a balance of 99,000
0: to, Oh, it would lower the balance.
8: Say,
0: yeah. But so you it, could do it, that it, anyway. You don't have to yeah, recast yeah. to do that.
8: Yes, I could. And yeah. that's what I've been doing is just recast. Pay all, pay all
0: recasting does is reset the payment based on a longer term. It doesn't change the interest right. charged.
8: Right. Right. Okay.
0: So there's no benefit right. to you mathematically to recast.
8: Okay.
0: Given that you're planning to pay it off in two years.
8: Yes, correct. Okay. And here's the other thing is that I it, I don't have $20,000 just sitting around. Right? Well, then it there's that. Yeah. To, right, exactly. So that kind of brings me to option three. Um, and let me let me just preface this by saying I heard you about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago before the rates you know were creeping up. Because I was gonna re refinance and I remember you telling a caller, don't refinance if you can pay it off in three years. So I kind of went with that model mm-hmm. and I'm I'm on I'm on target, I'm on track to pay this off mm-hmm. and that that is really why I did not refinance. Mm-hmm. Um but option three would be digging into my brokerage account and paying it off entirely. I have I have about two hundred thousand dollars. I'd have to cash, you know.
0: Not in a retirement. You have a brokerage account sitting there with enough to pay uh, it off.
8: Yes, I do.
0: Pay it off today.
8: <laughs> yeah, I knew you, you knew were gonna I was going to do that. Um, I I did. I did. I still yeah. wanted to walk through the options. Okay,
0: so if if you had a paid for home with a brokerage account with a hundred thousand dollars less in it, would you go borrow ninety nine thousand dollars on your home, paid for home to put more money in your brokerage account? No. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
8: I think I think I'm just having some. Uh,
0: Let me tell you what's going to happen. It. All right. That you don't anticipate, because I've been the other side of it myself, and with a whole bunch of other people. You do not understand when you pay this off, and you walk out in the backyard with no shoes on. That the grass is going to feel so much different. There's going to be a level of peace blow through your home like a nice cool wind that you don't even know is coming. When you own no man nothing,
5: mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: all this hand wringing you've been doing for the last few minutes trying to figure out what to do, all that's gone. Just clean and simple. You just right. own your house. You're weird. Right. I love it.
9: <laughs> I love it. And listen, if
0: you really hate it, then go get you a new mortgage. Yeah. But I don't think you're going to hate it. I think you're going to yeah, feel freedom that you have not felt in your adult life. Yep. And I know that All from right. the having experienced it myself, because I don't have any debt and haven't had for 30 years. And I walk around without. All of these weights on my shoulders, and um, that that a lot of people have, and I get to make different decisions and have a different level of calm mm-hmm. in the middle of a storm, and all of that. Pay off your house, Louisa, please. I promise you, you won't regret it. But if I'm completely bonkers and you do regret it, you can always go get you another mortgage.
2: And theoretically, put it back in the broker's. There's a fear there. You could
0: hear it. Yeah. Well, no, it's just this angst of you, the devil I know. Yeah, that's right. The devil I know versus the peace I've never known. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, I don't know if I'm doing something wrong. I don't know if which is the correct thing. And and let me just tell you, man, when you get no payments in the whole freaking world, financial peace, two words that don't go together, like airline service. (laughs) Man, wow. Like postal service. Sorry to you, postal people. Oh, my gosh. Sorry to you, airline people. I mean, really. I mean, it's financial peace, two words that don't go together. I mean, I've got money in a brokerage. I've got my emergency fund. I've got retirement going, and I own my whole freaking house. Some of you need to breathe that in and make that a goal. hmm Some of you spend a lot of calories flipping stuff over in your head, wringing your hands, trying to figure out something when the answers are usually pretty simple. Clean it up, people. Simplify, simplify. That's it, simplify. Yeah. Huh. It's hard to beat, guys. Hard to beat. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, whether you're starting on a card table like I did or well on your way to becoming a multi-million dollar company, NetSuite can help your team communicate and plan ahead better like they do for Ramsey. Let me tell you, NetSuite really helped us get our systems together and more than 37,000 other companies also use NetSuite to know their numbers and their business better. So check out NetSuite today and find out how they can help you become the business you want to be five or 30 years from now. And right now you can download NetSuite's free KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance at netsuite.com slash Ramsey. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Our question of the day for the Ramsey show is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services from repairs and maintenance to remodeling and upgrades. Neighborly's trusted home service providers have trained local experts who can handle almost any job. So go to neighborly.com to find and schedule service today.
2: Today's question comes from Roger in South Carolina. I'm a 20-year-old male currently studying aerospace engineering. I know the aerospace industry is very cyclical, so I was wondering if having a one-year salary emergency fund would be a good idea before having kids. Well, I'm sitting next to the guy who uh, created the concept. I I don't think a year is necessary, and, and I don't know enough to understand why he believes the aerospace industry is so cyclical, but six months Uh, If you're in kind of a a topsy-turvy industry like that, I think would be good. I don't hate having a one-year emergency fund, but is it necessary?
0: No. With his credentials? Roger, you're an engineer. You (laughs) overanalyze things. Your job is to perceive risk, and so you see risk everywhere. But there's not that much risk. You will be fine. If you have an aerospace engineering degree, you will be able to get a job and feed your family sometime in the six month period yeah six months is fine but um, and here's the other thing the more money you put into that the slower you build wealth the faster you build wealth the less you worry about an emergency fund if you got a million dollars in a mutual fund and five thousand dollars in a mutual in, a, in an emergency fund you don't have enough in your emergency fund but you got a million dollars in a mutual fund so you're gonna be okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know it's so. The faster you build wealth, the less you have to worry about any of this. So you're going to be just fine. Tom's in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
10: Hey, Dave and Ken. Uh, I just want to say, starting off, um, your principles have you know changed my wi- my wife's life and my life. So just wanted to thank you guys for your ministry. Thank you. How can we help? Yeah. Um, so so uh, so getting to my question, a little bit of context. Um, last month I actually called Ken, uh, called Ken on his show and I was just laid off from my mortgage loan officer job, actually working at Wells Fargo. And, uh, I was looking for places to basically trying to figure out references and Ken gave me great advice. And a month later, I now have a job at a, a Toyota dealership, um, selling cars. So really exciting. Uh, I guess my main question is, is a lot of people are coming in, they're financing their car, uh, they're leasing their cars. In fact, you know, there's some incentive for us to push leases just because from our standpoint, you know, that creates repeat customers. Now, none of this stuff is stuff that I would recommend to my loved ones. I would never do it myself. Um, is there, am I in the wrong if I'm in a position where I'm, where I'm sometimes selling these? Uh, if, if so, should I consider changing jobs or what, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, I don't, you're not ethically doing anything wrong. This is not any illegal activity. But because you don't believe in it, we don't believe in it either, but this is about your principles. Eventually, this is going to eat away at you. So short term, uh, I I would be looking for something to make a transition because long term, this will eat away at you. And, And listen... You know, I talk about engagement all the time. I study the data. Listen, a person who doesn't believe in the mission, the product, the service of a company is not going to be fully engaged, and that has a lot of negative effects, financial opportunities for you, promotional opportunities. It affects your health, your mental health, and beyond. So I think long-term, if I'm a guy like you that has a strong principle conviction that you have, I would eventually move on from selling something that you just don't believe
0: in. Yeah. It's, it's not something you have to run out of the ha- building today. Like your hair's on fire. Like yeah. you discovered the boss had 20 pounds of cocaine in his office. You don't, right. you don't hang out there another day. Okay. That's not what's going on. This is, uh, you know, a disagreement of how the product works. And so, uh, Rabbi Lappin talks about the, in his book, he's my good friend, Orthodox Jewish rabbi. And he wrote a book called thou shall prosper. And, um, the book is the ten reasons that Jewish people have had an inordinate probability of being financially successful in any point in human history. They tend to thrive. And why is that? One of the things is they believe that making money is an honorable thing if you're doing an honorable thing. And uh, one of the things he points out in that chapter, it's one of the ten things, is that it's uh, if you're doing something that's psychologically incompatible, with your belief system it's very difficult to be good at it Mm -hmm. and so you you know back that's another way of saying exactly what ken said and so yeah i'm completely aligned with what coleman is saying here if i were in your shoes i would say i'm going to give myself 60 days and i'm going to be somewhere else Mm -hmm. um because they're, they're they're they are going to sell car leases because they make more money right, on car, right. not because of repeat customers, but because they make more money on car leases than they do on the actual sale of the car. And they make more money on car leases than they do if they do a regular finance plan with a bank. And uh, they make more money on car leases than they do just about anything else. It's the one of the most profitable parts of the entire auto industry now. And so it's massively profitable for them. This paper is amazing. Amazing. And so they're, they're not only go, not going to not stop it, they're going to push it because it's where they make their money. And so that's how it is. It's like there's a, a series of articles have gone around the last few years that if you work at Victoria's Secret selling uh, small underwear, right, <laughs> you, you have to sell a certain number of Victoria's Secret credit cards ah. or they will not give you hours. Oh, okay. Because they're in more in the credit card business than they are the small underwear business. Right. Small underwear is there just to get you into the credit card debt. Interesting. Into big debt. Mm. Small underwear, big debt. There it is. So there you go. That's <laughs> that's, how it works. A, that's a great right.
2: slogan.
0: You ought, to, you, ought to, you ought to box that one up and sell it. Yeah. That's, anyway, yeah, that's uh so But if you, if you want to work there in that store, in the retail store, uh, you're not going to get hours. That's right. You're not going to be promoted if you don't sell credit cards. Even if you sell a whole bunch of small underwear... And you don't sell any credit cards, you're going to be on the street. They, they, you know, but that's the business they're in. They know where their money's coming from, they know what the profit centers are, and they're going to drive you that way. Yeah. So then you've got to decide, mm-hmm. as an employee, are you going to plug into that? And I think you've already decided. Oh sure, Tom. Yeah. I think he's already on.
2: He it. had already decided, and just yeah. wants permission. Is this silly? No, it's not silly at all. No,
0: it's smart. Brian is in Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Brian, welcome to the Ramsey Show.
11: Hey Dave, how you doing today?
0: Better than I deserve. What's up?
11: Oh, glad to hear it. Um, I have a question for you. Um, I give you a little background information on myself. Um, I'm 40 year old. I have two kids. My wife's a stay at home mom. We own a townhome. We, we owe about fifty five thousand left on it. Um, my wife has some savings around sixty k, and I'm debating whether I should use that money to pay off the house. Or if I should invest it, um, like in an IRA or something for the future. Um, but the thing is we're in a small town home and we're looking to get some, a little bit more, a little bit more space for, you know, for the family cause kids are sharing a room. I got a boy and a girl.
0: When are you, when are you moving?
11: Oh, we're not moving at all yet. We just, we like to get another property cause we like to have. Well, I mean, it's just like two years I
0: or a year or 10 minutes.
11: Oh, it's probably be next couple of years. Okay. Three
0: years. Pay it off. Pay it off. Today. Okay. Today. The
11: reason I ask is my financial advisor tells me not to because he says my interest rate in my home is going to be less than what I'd be making in the stock market. That's why I figured out. Yeah, guess what? With you.
0: Guess what? He didn't make a dime when you pay off the house. He makes commission when you invest the money with him. I understand that. Hello. Okay. Ding, 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 ding. And I didn't make a dime either way. So you do whatever you want okay. to do. But if I woke up okay. in your shoes, I'd have a paid for house. Now, you need to get yourself on a budget, and you need to sit down with another financial advisor that's not giving you stupid butt advice and get you an IRA started and get your kids 4, get your kids 529 started, and let's get some investing going and get yourself on a budget with your wife and the two of you working together. Let's get detailed and dial this money stuff in, man, because it kind of feels like you're loosey-goosey running out here just for trying to figure this out as you go, and you need to dial it in and make sure every dollar is barking. Every dollar is doing what it's supposed to do. So, getting the Every Dollar app, getting Financial Peace University, do that kind of stuff. But uh, if I woke up in your shoes, I'd pay my house off today, dude. Just like that. No question. This is The Ramsey Show. If current times have shown us anything, it's that the least expected events can and will happen and we have to deal with it. That's why everyone who has a family counting on them needs term life insurance. For over 25 years, the only insurance company I've recommended is Xander Insurance. Not only because they search all of the top term life plans to find you the best rates, but over the years, they have constantly changed and updated their systems to make the whole process simpler and easier to get the protection needed you can now apply with a completely touchless experience with everything being done either over the phone or the internet. They also have plans with super competitive rates that don't require an exam, allowing you to skip a step and get the coverage you need faster. Go to xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Great rates and a simple process mean there's no excuse to not get this done, people. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. If you like what you hear around here, you could help us out, and we'd appreciate it. Click the follow button, the subscribe button, the share button. Share the show. Share a link. Tell people where you're listening on talk radio or TBN or whatever it is. Spread the word about the show. And leave a five-star review. They're very helpful. All of those things, the share, the like, the... Uh, subscribe, the follow, all of those things really push the show to the front of the algorithms and cause people to find us. And it doesn't cost you a thing, and we would appreciate the help. Thank you very much. Trevor is in Salt Lake City. Hi, Trevor. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
12: Thanks for having me, Dave. I really appreciate it. Sure. Um, I grew up watching, grew up listening to your show with my parents, so huge fan of yours.
0: Well, thank you. Um,
12: I got a question. I got a question for you, um, regarding, um, either reinvesting in my business or purchasing a home and I can give you a little bit of information about it. So I'm 23 years old. I'm getting married in a week. Wow. And I, thank you. Good for you. Congrats. Thank you. Um, between me and my fiance, we have about $50,000 in our savings account. Uh, we have no debt. Um, my business has about $75,000 in assets. Um, as well as I have about $25,000 in investments, mutual funds, CDs, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just wondering, with your expert opinion, what I should do if I should reinvest in my business um, to continue to grow it, or whether or not I should look into purchasing a home. At How much time. do you
0: need to reinvest in the business and why?
12: Um, so the reason I'm reinvesting in my business, I just bought a new skidster. I do landscaping. Um, I've been able to pay everything, cash, trailers, equipment. Um, I just got a new skidster and I'm looking to purchase a second truck. Um, I have three employees. Um, so looking to have a second truck for them as well as a new trailer. Um, and just upgrading some of our mowing equipment and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. If you spend that money, you're going to spend what, 20, 30,000 bucks. Correct. And what does that cause you to make because you spent that? That you wouldn't make um, if you so didn't I, spend it.
12: Okay, so this uh, I'm anticipating this year to make about eighty thousand. Um, that's after uh, taxes, everything.
13: Mm-hmm.
12: Um, and I'm anticipating if I can get that reinvestment, um, I can make an additional twenty to thirty. Um, so you can make the money back in 12, a year. In next year. Um, yes, probably. You spend about twenty or thirty, you
0: make an extra twenty or thirty as a result. Correct. Okay. And sounds like and you then, got seventy five thousand um, dollars.
12: Correct, okay. and that's in equipment. And um, trucks, you make uh, and trailers.
0: No, no, no. You, you have seventy five thousand cash. You have twenty five in a mutual fund and fifty in your account, right?
12: Uh yeah, approximately.
0: Okay. All right. And uh, what does your wife make?
12: Um, she makes about forty a year.
0: And you're gonna net on your business a hundred.
12: Uh, no, I'm anticipating 80 this year. I reinvested quite a bit this year. I just bought the skidster about two weeks ago. Um, so that ran me a little bit and I do owe, um, the only debt I have is I, my father who, um, was gifted me 15,000 towards my skidster I bought. So I'm going to pay him back. Was uh, that a gift gift or a loan? Uh, a loan more or less.
0: Well, that's an interesting piece of information for a guy for 10 minutes has been telling me he was debt free. You're not debt free. You owe your dad 15 grand. No, yeah, you're not going to invest not. in your business. You're going to be paying your dad back.
12: I'm I will pay it off in the next month. So oh no, today.
0: Just, you have the money in your account right now. You shouldn't have taken it from him in okay. the first place. Then okay. you got 50,000 bucks. You didn't need to borrow 15,000 from your dad.
12: Correct. I just wanted to keep some money in an emergency fund where where I am self-employed. I just and getting married. I wanted to be allowed some yeah, money. Yeah. Shouldn't have bought have a skid steer though.
0: If you need the money, if you need the money for an emergency fund, you shouldn't have bought a skid steer. But you bought one now and now you got a loan and now you got to pay it off. I'd pay that off today. Um okay. and then what I would do is get married and spend the first year of your marriage piling up cash for a good down payment on a house and after you've been married a year you will make a different purchase than after you've been married a week. It's a different house. Okay. It takes a year of being married to know how close to your mother-in-law or your father-in-law who loans you money for skid steers that you want to live. How close do you want to live with these people? Yeah, it takes a year to figure that out. So um, it's a joke, but not really. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say a lot of truth to that. The other thing too is is there, I would be
2: challenging myself. How can I make an additional fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a year over the next year of my business without spending twenty to thirty? You know, yeah. get innovative. Uh, and and especially in that first year of marriage. He was already worried. That's why he took the loan out from his dad, I believe.
0: Yeah. yeah. So Trevor, you need to quit buying toys for your business that you haven't done a careful ROI on, because you're not gonna get an ROI on this skid steer. That's bull crap. You're not gonna make enough on that thing to justify having purchased it. You would have made you would have been better off buying mowing equipment to expand your operation than than with a skid steer. So quit buying business toys that don't have very fast large roi stop it i had a friend of mine that's in the building business and he bought a skid steer now i bought a skid steer the other day too did you really yeah there's one out at the farm for you but i bought it for no reason at all except i have the money like moving, and it's a
2: toy you like moving dirt or well
0: i got my grandson in my lap digging up stuff I that doesn't even that. need to be dug up
2: all right so this is embarrassing this won't surprise dave at all but you guys are throwing skid steer around, skid steer
0: this, skid steer You don't even know what that. this is, do you? I had to Google it real quick, James. It's a bobcat.
2: It's a bobcat. I, that okay. I would have known. It, it's a
0: bobcat on tracks.
2: It's a pretty cool-looking little machine. If it's on
0: tracks, it's a skid steer. Right. Yeah, so, so basically,
2: you, Papa Dave, got his own real-life Tonka. It's a toy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's exactly <laughs> your, what I did. It is. It's great. Yeah. And good for you. Yeah, it's fun. Because your grandson thinks that's really oh, cool. Oh, my God. Man. It's a giant Tonka. There is no cooler Papa Dave in the world than one yeah. with a skid steer.
2: So what I'm hearing is, live like no one else, so later you can dig so, holes for no reason at all. <laughs> Yes, to make your grandson happy. That's the dream hey, of every grandfather. Hey, every
0: four-year-old's dug a hole for no apparent reason, and right. every 64-year-old apparently is going to do the same you thing. You never so. get
2: over it. I was going to say, live, so, live uh, just, like no just, one just else. Just so the
0: public knows, I'm not anti-skid steer, okay? I'm just no. saying. But from a business perspective, <laughs> don't buy stuff that you can't ROI quickly. Every And i got to tell you, here's an interesting thing. Working with uh, people on Entree Leadership – very few women do this in business. It's oh. kind of a male thing.
2: Yeah, toys. it's a male
0: stupid thing. It's toys, and they do it. They do it with. They do it with computers, right? The guys that do all this equipment stuff in here,
9: mm-hmm.
0: I have to constantly go. No, yeah. we don't need another one. All right. Good God, how many microphones do I need to own? <laughs> Seriously, but they, they, oh, the, the, boys collect toys, man. There's yeah. just something about it. And I, I, ladies, they, they're very careful. But oftentimes I have to get them to go the other way. It's hard to get them to do the actual investment they need to do right? because to, to, they're conservative on it. But very few women in business collect toys like boys do.
2: And you know what's interesting? I'll bet you can prove this. They're much more resourceful as well. Think about the mom who always makes the science project happen under the wire, you know, with a couple of straws, you know, a, a rubber band here. It's like you can build that business, that landscaping business without that new truck. You can't. You just got to be innovative. And yeah. that's where innovation comes from is when we have a lack of resources.
0: Craig Groeschel talks about that a lot. Uh,
2: yeah. In fact, he, he's the one that it was mind blowing. I think I interviewed him years ago when I was hosting Entree Leadership. It's one of the best thoughts on innovation that I've ever heard is from Craig Groeschel.
0: Yeah it create a lack creates a lack a, of a necessity yeah. to become creative on how yeah. you're going to do it if you can't do it any other way yeah and so that's why your dad did you no favor loaning you that money right so that, that's the thing hmm. so all that to pick on you trevor because we love you and we want you to win so pay off your dad today uh get a little apartment and uh set up house and concentrate on loving each other not on stupid real estate deals for the first year of your marriage and after you've been married a year and saved up a little more money above your emergency fund and you're truly debt-free, and the next time you tell somebody you're debt-free, make sure you are, uh, then uh, then from there, you, pay, you put down with an, a good strong down payment on a 15-year fixed after you've been married a year. That's what I would do if I were in your shoes. Congratulations on the marriage. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, folks, it's Dave Ramsey.
3: And Rachel Cruz. And
0: we want to tell you our number one tip for managing your money well. I'm talking about budgeting.
3: Yes, and everyone knows that I am a huge fan of budgeting.
0: (laughs) Well, that hasn't always been the case, though, has it, Rachel?
3: No, but listen, I seriously love it now because as soon as I started making a budget, I learned that it puts you in control of your spending. And my favorite way to budget is on our app, every dollar
0: yep every dollar makes budgeting simple it's the easiest way to make a plan for your spending so you can prioritize the things that matter to you and you can get started today for free just download the app and check the show notes for the link
3: and you guys don't wait to start budgeting download every dollar and create your free account today do it it's the best
0: ken coleman ramsey personality is my co-host today Thanks for hanging out with us, America. This is The Ramsey Show. We're so glad you're here. Hey, guys, uh, George Camel and the Every Dollar team are hosting a free live virtual training for your budget. You're going to learn how to find more margin in your finances, to spend without guilt, and to make a budget that actually works. First one is happening September the 19th at 1230 Eastern Time. Spots are limited. You can pick one with George. Uh, Jade Warshaw is going to be doing some. I think Rachel Cruz might be doing another one, too. So uh, all these budgeting webinars are completely free. Go to slash budgeting and we'll help you get started with this stuff all right here we go josh is in orlando hi josh welcome to the ramsey show
13: hey never grow up especially if you can afford it right gentlemen <laughs> that's
0: right there's the plan what's up man
13: <laughs> okay so i have a pro and a con so here's my dilemma and i'm actually so i'm trying to get as debt-free as i possibly can i have uh 17 no about 19 dollars in credit card debt and then that's my primary. And then my secondary is my auto loan, which is about 11,000 upside down. Um, and re- in regards to my credit card, um, I have 18,000 in RSU, uh, shares from my company and then I have $7,000 in a traditional IRA wanting to know if I should, uh, use my stock to my use, wanting to know if I should use both to pay off my credit card debt.
0: I would not use an IRA. I would use your stock.
13: Okay. And the reason for not using the IRA?
0: Penalties. And taxes.
13: Okay. I'll leave those so alone. IRA.
0: And I would quit adding to the IRA, and I would cut okay. up the credit cards and never touch the stupid things again. Get a debit card. 100%. Do not even own a credit card.
13: Okay. 100%. 100%. And then what about the IRA to where I cash it out, I have it in a savings account?
0: You already have?
13: Yeah. I, uh, well, I, I, did, I did a transfer, or I, I did the... The part of the work, but I haven't fully transferred it to my personal savings account.
0: When did you do this?
13: Uh, I did it last Friday to where it was effective for me to utilize today.
0: Okay. Uh, Well, you've got 60 days to undo it without penalty. And so okay. I'm going to get go to RamseySolutions.com and click on Smart Vester and find a Smart Vester Pro in the area to help you undo it and get it back into an IRA before you get hit with the penalties and the taxes. How much was okay. in that? You said there's only like seven thousand in the account though, right? Yeah, it
13: was only, it was only seven.
0: Yeah, so you're probably only going to lose three or four thousand bucks, but that's still a ridiculous. I mean, you're paying forty percent interest effectively to get the money freed up. I would not do that. I think it's a good practice for you to learn to leave that alone. So let's roll that back into, while you're in the 60-day window, back you know, get you an IRA set up with a, with a SmartVestor Pro, and um, then, then start your, um, I'm sorry, then cut up your credit cards and pay them all off, and then you've still got to clean up your auto loan. That's your next thing. So beans and rice, rice and beans, no adding to any investments of any kind, uh, and we're completely focused on clearing this debt. That's the next process there. So, good question. Open phones at 888 825 5225. Tyler is in Jacksonville, Florida. Hi, Tyler. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
6: Hey, Dave. How's it going?
0: Better than I deserve. What's up?
6: Yeah, so I got a, a little bit of a dilemma here with uh, some in laws, I guess. Give you a backstory. I'm married, uh, moved away from home, and. I guess I said in-laws, but my my parents uh, moved away from home and, you know, they're my mother's not in a great financial situation. Um, she hasn't been working um, and, and has some tax issues from a past business. And she's asking to borrow some money to make a house payment. And, um, you know, I feel led to, um, but I'm also trying to, Talk to her in the, in the nicest way possible to try to sort out a longer term plan, than you know, make a payment. And then, what do we do next month? And what do we do next month? Uh, my siblings uh, aren't as financially capable to to help, so I feel like.
0: How old the are you, Tyler?
6: Kind of falling to me. What was that? How old are you? Uh, Twenty eight.
0: How old's your mother?
6: Um. Fifty-seven.
0: Okay. On what planet is the 28-year-old supposed to take care of the 57-year-old that was too trifling to do it herself? Uh, It's not your job, man. It's not your job. Yep. And I bet your wife isn't happy with this either. Um, no. No, what do you make um, a year?
1: Um,
6: combined, we're making probably... 250, 260
0: fifty, two sixty. You're making bank, aren't you? Good for you. Okay.
2: What is your mom doing?
0: Nothing. Calling Tyler for money. Is she not working at all.
2: No, not at, no, not currently. Uh, well, take me back. So guess, yeah, when 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 was she working?
6: Um, uh, it's been a while. Uh, she, Why she had a housing housing company quite a while ago. And Why is she, she not working? Um, um, uh, not a, there's not a good reason. I, yeah, guess. I
0: don't think so either. Okay. So you giving her money is not sustainable because you were correct in your wisdom when you observed that you're going to be doing it again next month and next month and next month and next month because you're enabling her mm-hmm. bad behavior. Yeah. Instead, what I would do is come alongside her and say, mom, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. I'm going to give you some suggestions and some help and show you what to do so you can straighten this out. First thing we're going to do is we're going to get into Ken Coleman's book, uh, From Paycheck to Purpose, and we're going to get you a job and a career. And then I'm going to put you on to every dollar on a budget, and you're going to make money and pay your own bills, and you're going to like yourself more when you do that. I am not going to pay your bills, Mom, but I will be here for you. I love you. And I will help you figure out a way to pay your bills. And she's Tyler. not going to like that, Tyler, because she likes doing nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that could be the case.
0: Yeah, she's going to get angry with you, and she's going to become a travel agent with for guilt trips, mm. which is what codependent people do when their enabler cuts them off. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is going to be tough, but... You're being very wise. I'm not trying to just be mean to your mom. I'm disrespecting her. I'm disrespecting her because her her. behaviors are awful. But I'm not trying to be mean to her. She needs to change her behavior so that she has a quality life. She's 58 freaking years old. There's nothing wrong with this woman. She could get a job and pay her bills instead of mooching off her 28-year-old son. And so she, it's good for her. She's going to like herself better. All the other brothers and sisters are going to like her better. Um, everybody's going to be a lot happier when mom gets her crap together. Am I missing something?
6: No, no, I think that's right. I just, yeah, it's kind of what you said, just trying to figure out the, the best way to yeah. go about it without, you know, being mean. I you're,
0: you're not being mean when you don't give a drunk a drink it's not good for a drunk to have a bottle of jack daniels it's not good for a heroin addict to be uh, to be loaded up with heroin it's not good for them they don't like it when you tell them no but it's not good for them this is not good for your mom loving your mom well is helping her get a life that is not filled with chaos a life that's not filled with uncertainty and a life that's not, un- that's not sustainable and it doesn't have any dignity. And so, um, now again, I don't, you know, you're not being mean. Now she's going to tell you you're being mean. That's so mean. You have plenty of money. What's wrong with you, Tyler? I raised you. You can give me a little. Mm. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. That's exactly what it's going to sound like coming back at you. That's called a travel agent for guilt trips. She's going to pitch one on you.
2: I'd be more worried about upsetting my wife than I would be upsetting my mom. And I think that's what this is going to come down to. I would be
0: worried that I'm doing harm to my own mother who I love. There's that too. And when you Mm -hmm. support the misbehavior, you're doing harm to them. Enablers are not helpers. They're cowards who won't say no. That's what they are. Don't be a coward love her well enough that you help her for real help her and if you want to put her through Financial Peace University you call our team we will give it to you this is the Ramsey show live from the headquarters of Ramsey solutions it's the Ramsey show where we help people build wealth do work that they love and create actual amazing relationships Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. The phone number here is 888-825-5225. Thank you for joining us. Robin is in Phoenix. Hi, Robin. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
6: Hi. Thank you, gentlemen, for taking my call. Sure. I am going to retire in about three years at 76. I have no mutual funds and no 401K. My question is should I buy or rent at that time at seventy six?
0: Okay. How would you be able okay. to buy if you don't have any money?
6: Yeah, well, I've got these I've got time. So currently my income is forty five hundred a month, two K is going to rent, two K is going to student loans, and five um, I spend $500 on um, daily, um, on debt, living, you know, living expenses. You, you, you're I 70 have,
0: years old and you have a student loan? It, yes, um, yes.
6: I have, haven't paid it off yet, but I will pay it off. It's expected to be paid off in March of 24.
0: Okay. What's the balance on it?
6: 12000 so I'm paying two thousand a month on that two K. Two month.
0: All right. I, I'm really curious how you end up with a student loan at your age. How did you do that?
6: Well, let's call paying the interest. I I paid the interest only for a, a long
0: time. So what's a long time? Uh,
6: since <laughs> since twenty twenty since twenty oh five, I guess. That's when I graduated.
0: You graduated in in oh five, so you graduated twenty years or eighteen years ago, and you've been paying. Yeah. And your degree is in what?
6: Or that that particular degree. thats I've got some more since that time, but that particular degree was in communications.
0: Okay. All right. And what do you do for a living?
6: I'm a quality
0: inspector. Okay. Wow. All right. Um, the the thing that runs through my head is this. Uh, obviously, you, at retirement, have to have monthly money to pay uh, an electric bill and buy food and uh, provide shelter, okay? Uh, the largest line item in your budget for the rest of your life, if you live to be 95 another 20-something years, is going to be... Um, housing and if you're renting your cost of housing is going to go up every year because rent always goes up that make sense if you buy at least you're locked in to what you're going to be spending on housing from this point forward so buying is good having a paid off home by the time you get there is even better and, of course, having a nest egg to live on. So do you have a pension in the background of this, or are you counting on just Social yeah. Security to feed you?
6: No. Um, I'll finish the rest. Um, so right currently what I have is a universal life policy that has a cash value approximately 9000 in it. I'm reluctant to cash it out because – it has a long-term care rider of, a, of 50 months on it at 4 percent So that's going to give me uh, about1,500 a month just for that. Now, as I shared, um, at the end of, by the time I retire, I will have approximately $500 in pension and 2,500, I'm guessing, 2,500 in Social Security, which will give me 3,000. And, and you have 000. no money
0: in savings at all?
6: My $1,000. $1,000. I got my
0: 1000 Okay.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. I want you so to cash the universal not- in and pay the student loan down. And let's be done with the student loan very quickly. Let's get that in the background as soon as possible so we can try to accomplish a couple of these other goals, which is housing and start to build some kind of a nest egg over the next three years. So basically, you're going to live on beans and rice for the next three years, while you throw as much money towards housing, buying a home, and as much money towards a nest egg as you can throw. And both of those are going to be better moves than a bad universal policy. So we've got to get the student loan in your rearview mirror to pull that off. Okay. get the student loan in your rearview mirror, build an emergency fund, and then start saving for a down payment while you're putting at least 15% of your income or more into retirement. And I want you to save as much as you can save for retirement while putting down as much as you can put down on a house. And, and when you do buy a home, I want you to buy a very modest, a very inexpensive property. I am more yes, concerned I, that I, you I, have I, basic shelter that is locked in on its monthly cost than I am you having a home that you are necessarily thrilled with. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I want to stabilize. I'm trying to stabilize your future. That's what I'm, that's my first goal. Your luxury or your comfort are secondary, but stabilizing the shelter aspects of your future, next 20 years, is really what I got to lean on. And, uh, wow. Wow. Well, the good news is, I think you can actually make a pretty good dent in 36 months on this if you'll be very focused. Um, I think that might be one of the oldest student loan debt callers I've had.
2: It, it's, it's mind-boggling. I'm sitting there listening to that. And because we're having the student loan live stream tonight, uh, it's absolutely free. Uh, RamseySolutions.com, 7 p.m. Central, 8 Eastern. It, it, it's important to point out that she is, and I don't throw this word around lightly. You know this, Dave. She's a victim of this cultural message that has said, if you get a degree, you're going to get a raise. And sometimes that's true. Many times it's not, and she kept My getting last degrees. Degree and degrees was in degrees. Communications.
0: And, and I'm not in communications.
2: Exactly. She's in quality assurance. And so you've got to be careful. These degrees don't come with jobs. You still gotta go out and find them, Ooh. get them, and perform them well. And I, I'm not I'm not trying to be unkind, but there are so many people that still believe uh, you go through a layoff at forty five
0: or at fifty and you go, I gotta go get more education. Maybe but probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Not at the cost of sitting at seventy years old to stop student loan debt. No.
2: And see, that's the exchange that makes me so angry about and let me just be honest, let me be an equal opportunity offender, folks. Both sides of the political aisle are in the business of student loans. It's big business. It's a lot of money. And no one's talking about legislation or regulation to stop it. To stop it and to take on the unbelievable inflation this is in the not- world of tuition
0: doing a service no you people in government are not helping that's right the population you are harming the people that you're called to govern it's a
2: hidden tax and
0: and and people are getting filthy stinking rich off the backs of people like her and it really does need to stop it really i mean seriously would somebody grow a leadership backbone and send it to washington (sighs) dc This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, Ramsey Podcast listeners. If you love the show and want to take a deeper dive, check out our free weekly email newsletter. It's full of trending, helpful articles and tips to keep you motivated to win with your money, relationships, and career. From the best side hustles to how to make friends as an adult, get what you need to thrive delivered straight to your inbox. Just go to ramseysolutions.com slash newsletter today to sign up. That's ramseysolutions.com slash newsletter. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Dr. John Deloney has a brand new book coming out called Building a Non-Anxious Life. You can pre-order the book right now for $20 and you'll get $75 in bonus items. Nearly half the U.S. population says their lives are affected by anxiety, stress, burnout. It's everywhere. But here's the thing anxiety isn't actually the problem, it's the symptom. The problem is we're unsafe, disconnected, unhealthy, living like we have no say in what happens next. And in this book, Dr. Deloney walks you through six daily choices to recognize and break free from a life that's spinning out of control. It is amazing. This book is selling like hotcakes, too, and we it comes out technically October 3rd. If you pre-order, you get $75 in bonus items, which includes instant access to one of Dr. John's talks, newest talks, Smoke, Fire, and Freedom. This is a great talk, and also you're going to get the ebook and the audio book, RamseySolutions.com, Building a Non-Anxious Life. Christopher is in Corpus Christi, Texas. Hi, Christopher. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
6: Hey, David and Ken. Thank you for having me on. Sure. What's up? So, give you a quick backstory. I'm recently engaged. Our wedding is in June. I have a full time job making thirty four thousand a year. I also go to school full time to be a radiology tech. I have no debt, and I have an emergency fund of twenty k. Me and my fiance are on the same page about not going into debt for the wedding, and not spending more than five k on our budget for the wedding. I recently made it to step four, but I'm confused if I should be investing 15% while also saving for a wedding and out a bouncing out of home.
0: No, you ought to be saving for the wedding and for your education until you're married. Don't worry about a home and don't worry about retirement right now. Okay. You'll get, you got time to so, get to both right now. You need to get married, pay cash for the wedding. And, uh, even if you boot beef up the budget a little bit, that's okay. Your budget's not out of control on this wedding. And, um, make sure you get through the school and pay cash for all of it. So you need the margin in your life to just be piling up cash right now until June. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's worry about it. Retirement and worry about how buying a house a year or two from now.
6: Okay. So I should just be saving
0: for the wedding like and, and for your life. Yeah. Just pile up money right. right now. I want you to get, I want you to get your education finished. I want you to get married lower lower stress on both of these with a big old pile of cash and then when you get out and the wedding is over if you've got a little money left over that's your head start towards your emergency fund and towards your down payment but you're you're, there's no don't don't you're putting too much pressure on yourself to try to do all these things at once
6: okay you got time man you
0: got time how old are you i'm 24 you got plenty of time you're gonna be okay Christopher, I can hear your
2: brain you're processing what dave's saying, but it's it you're something's got you hung up what's going on N- nothing I just
0: you're just goal oriented
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess you could say that but i I started school late so uh I just I'm doing my basics right now and my remedial courses
2: so I feel like I kind of started late in the game So you're you feel to- like you're behind yeah you're not, Yeah,
0: you're not, you're not, you're, you're way ahead. Cause you actually yeah. know what you want to do. That's right. And you got and you're, you're running down a, a very clearly defined track. Your plan, you laid it out perfectly in mm-hmm. just a few moments on the air here in front of 20 million people. That That's impressive. I mean, you really, yeah. that, that's a great job. Yeah. You're doing a whole lot better than it feels like you're doing. You're going to get to the other things. I'm not saying don't do them. I'm just saying, don't worry about them now, a year from now, two years from now. We'll worry about those mm-hmm. right now, pay cash for the wedding, finish your degree, pay cash for that pile up money. It's all you need to do right now. That And that's plenty. It's plenty making 34 K. Mm. Uh, that's a big enough task as it is.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you can do it all, but not at the same time. And I think that's pretty much true, uh, in any area of life. So yeah, you're, yeah. you're going to be okay and give yourself a break. I, there's, I could feel him beating up on himself a little bit. I'm behind. I'm behind. Yeah, no, you'll be okay. The the fact of the matter is, with our plan, you're going to catch up with a lot of people. Oh, You're you're probably by
0: March. (laughs)
2: Yeah, You know why? He's a tortoise, and he's focused, and the tortoise always wins that race.
0: Every time. You're exactly right. Jeremy's in Houston. Hi, Jeremy. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
2: Hi, thanks for having me. Sure. What's up? Yeah, so
6: my primary question today, uh, and I probably just need to hear you say it, is trying to work out how much house I can really afford. Because when I start to look at the numbers, I begin to feel like maybe I'm going a little bit crazy. And then it just kind of spirals into should I ever even think about buying a place or should I rent forever?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's a false narrative. So like, you don't have to rent forever, that's not a real option. You know that. that's just Drama Queen. <laughs> right.
6: Well, no. I don't mean to sound dramatic, actually. I don't necessarily. No, but I mean, that happens. We have a little drama. All All of us
0: have a little drama queen in our head. And that one's that (laughs) when you spiral out like that, that's the little drama queen in your head. I mean, you know, you're not going to rent forever. And you know, that's dumb because rent goes up every year. So renting is a good short term plan, but it's not a good long term plan. You already knew that, right?
6: I, I sort of, I sort of knew that, but I didn't actually feel that renting was necessarily. I don't mean it in a negative connotation. Oh, it's actually. negative. It's
0: not a good idea long term. I'll give it to you negative. It's here's why it's negative. It's not because it's a class status thing. It's because your cost of housing goes up every year for forty five or fifty years. You're going to pay more every single year if you rent, and, and that's that's a death knell to your finances. Versus if you own. The value of the home is going up, and if you're making a payment on a fixed rate 15-year that we tell you to do, the payment is locked in. The only reason it would change is taxes and insurance, but it won't change otherwise. And so you've locked in the largest line item in your budget, which is housing, and it's going up in value versus nothing is going up in value when you're renting long-term and it and your rent goes up every stinking year the largest line item in your budget takes up more of your money every year so you don't want to do that long term but you may want to do it for a year or two while you get the, some other things done like getting out of debt and getting your emergency fund in place and and then um let me just tell you uh one of the things you experience when you learn to live debt-free is, is that you are living like no one else so that later you can live and give like no one else. And when you live within a reasonable budget on housing, there's going to be people around you that are buying a nicer house on a 30-year adjustable rate mortgage, maxing themselves out where they can't breathe, and they're taking on a house payment that is crazy as a percentage of their income. And they don't make any more than you make, and it looks like they're winning. They're not winning. They're destroying themselves. And meanwhile, you're over here uh, in, a, in a much more modest property feeling like you're losing, and the reality is you're winning. Does that, any of that sound right? No, it does sound right. And, and you know, the, the numbers
6: make me feel a little bit crazy because I feel like I earn a pretty good living. What do you earn? In my situation – I make after taxes about one hundred and forty thousand after taxes after four hundred one k about one hundred
0: and forty thousand a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we so say we say to, put a fifteen a year fixed rate, no more than a fourth of your take home pay, and that's not counting four hundred one k. That's just taxes coming out of your take home pay. So, what's your take home pay, not counting four hundred one k, and a fifteen year fixed rate? Interest rates are higher now than they were this time last year. Obviously, uh, the that's right. the bad news. The good news is. That that um you know well uh, there's a shortage of housing so we're still seeing house prices go up but you can find a house you probably can get a seller to give you some attention right now inventory is really low but um which is holding the prices up but the um but if you can find a house you know if you're out of debt and you have your emergency fund you have a good down payment you're going to buy something more conservative than your peers no question about it yeah.
2: But again, it's not. It's it's
0: the long game. That's the definition of winning. Is yes. not. Don't follow your broke friends.
2: Right. It's not how you fast know? you come out of the gate. It's how you finish. And yeah. and got to remember that. It's yeah. so you're, enticing. you're not
0: making five hundred a year. You're making one hundred and forty a year. I mean, it, it's a lot of money. It's a lot. It's double the household income average. But, it's only double. It's not four x and it's not six x. So you know average house price in your area plus a little that's what you're going to be getting this is the ramsey show ken coleman ramsey personality is my co-host today in the lobby of ramsey solutions on the debt-free stage nick and laura are with us hey guys how are you
5: good how are you dave
0: better than i deserve where do you guys live
5: San Bernardino, California.
0: Oh fun. Welcome to Nashville. And here to do a debt free scream. How much have yep. you paid off?
5: Two hundred
0: and twenty-three thousand. I love it. Wow. And how long did that take?
5: Ninety-nine months.
0: Ninety-nine months. Long Look at time. you. <laughs> and uh, your range of income during that ninety-nine months.
5: We started at seventy one thousand and ended at one ninety five.
0: Very cool. What do y'all do for a living?
5: Well, I am a homeschool mom mm-hmm. and I also do real estate on the side.
0: Mm-hmm and i work for the county
14: local government there
0: okay very good well you guys are doing well so 99 months 223 is this your house this is everything dave one to seven paid off the house everything yeah everything looking at it, weird people <laughs> Yep. i mean you live in freaking san bernardino california and have a paid for house yes we this do. is a big deal <laughs> what's this house worth
5: Little over six hundred thousand. I
0: bet it is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love it. Congratulations. Ding ding. How much you guys got in your investments for retirement and so forth?
5: Uh we have about one fifty in Roth's mm-hmm. and about two hundred in a pension.
0: All right. So that puts you at millionaire status, doesn't it? Got to be right, right there. Baby, <laughs> baby steps millionaires, right on the line anyway, yeah. Yeah. Really close. If we throw in the furniture, we're there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
14: There's not much furniture,
0: Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go, guys. Congratulations. How old are you? 42. 42 years. 42 42 and a paid-for house and basically Baby Steps Millionaires. I'm so proud of y'all.
5: Thank
14: you. Tell
0: us the story. What happened 99 months ago? How'd you get connected with this Ramsey stuff? Well, uh,
14: I listened to you when I was younger, um, probably when we were both younger, Dave. Um, (laughs) And I was doing good and... and, uh, we were moving in the right direction. I worked for a bank, and we went south. We went on the borrowing trend, and uh, we borrowed everything we could. We wood burning stoves, credit cards, everything else you can do. Somewhere along the lines, we just started going negative every month. Every month, we were, you know, we were losing money. It, uh, we were just not saving. We were just going red, 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 red. Mm. Until one day, I realized I couldn't pay, couldn't put gas in my car without putting on a credit card.
0: Mm.
14: I felt like a loser. Felt like a pretty bad father because we had just had uh, two beautiful girls and I kind of remembered everything I'd listened to on the radio. Mm. Went back and and uh, restarted um, in our mid-30s.
0: And mm-hmm. then we suffered a lot over the last eight years and mm-hmm. here we are.
14: So.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. so, Laura, he walks in and goes, uh, this isn't working. What'd you say?
5: I said, okay, well, how do we fix it? And he said, oh, well, there's this Dave Ramsey guy and he has this plan and we're gonna have to cut everything I'm gonna sell my dream truck and I said "Ooh, hard pass (laughs) 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 I don't think so that sounds terrible actually you know I had two babies and I I didn't want to do it but I I wanted to support my husband and so I did it for about nine months without my heart in it Mm. Uh, but I did it Mm -hmm. you know to the letter and then uh, one day we were sitting at the dining room table and we paid off our car and I looked up and I said oh my gosh th- this could work this <laughs> 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 is amazing and, Ding and, ding light and, comes on huh? it, it came on and I started listening to the show and you know it was game on from there my yeah. heart was in it and then it was different you know from then on
0: yeah wow, wow. so you took nine months of you kind of dragging her along huh yeah, and then she yeah. says, "Okay, wait a minute. That gum. This stuff is. Yeah, okay. I there might like be it. something here."
2: <laughs> Nick, I picked up on the word suffering, which yeah. it was you know, a little
0: bit sarcastic, but yeah,
2: yeah. But I, I think he's actually. There's probably a lot of truth to that, and 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 I want people to hear it's not easy. How difficult this was for you guys, but how it feels on the other side. So, give us a little window into what suffering, even sarcastically,
14: meant. Well, I always joke that Dave Ramsey ruined my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a, but, whole, there's a
0: whole internet channel on in that. <laughs>
14: <laughs> but the truth is, I mean, you're going to see your friends. They're going to be buying trucks and they're going to be dri- dri- driving side-by-sides down the road and, mm-hmm. and they're going to be having a lot of fun. And there's going to be a time where you have to suck it up and you have to say, I'm going to get some and I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think for your normal working family, you have to pay a price. Um, if, you just, if you just wander through, um, you'll wander right into debt just like every all the Joneses, and you'll be comparing yourself. So I think there's just a time where you have to have discipline, and you have to say, "Hey, this is hard, but it's the best best thing for my future, for my girls, you know, for for the rest of my life." And so that's where where, where your temporary pleasures, I think we um, we had to put aside for a minute, and we had to focus on our goal, mm-hmm. which took a long time, took eight years. Mm-hmm. So what's the dream now? 42,
2: and you guys are debt free, house and everything. Well, how does that change your vision
14: well our first dream was to come to nashville to <laughs> check <laughs> it off the box <laughs> Pastor Baby, you're, you guys. There. you're there one
0: down <laughs> yeah so next dream
5: <laughs> yeah i watched a lot of debt-free screams and i always thought if we make it we're going
0: yeah i like it i'm glad you're here yeah i was I'm so it was, proud of y'all it's a
5: good deal so
0: what? what is the next big thing
14: yeah for me you know the next big thing is to set up my girls for Success, you know, in in just a better platform Mm -hmm. to build off of than I had. I'm from a single-wide trailer, even Mm -hmm. though it's in California, Um, and I just want better for them. So for me, the the future is trying to build for them, and then us enjoying our lives a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, And and really being an opportunity to give and and affect
0: people in a better way. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I guess Dave, there's probably
2: a nice truck in the
0: future, though. (laughs) I would hope. I think
2: he's he's earned it.
0: Yeah, Maybe a side-by-side. Side. He's a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, He's why not? <laughs> yeah I mean, Come on. Come on. Pay cash for it. Get you a toy. Yeah, that's good. That Y'all should. You should enjoy some of this, and you should give some of it, and you should use some of it for investing and uh, building up the future and changing your family tree, and you will. So mm-hmm. very, very well done. Very proud of y'all. What Thank do you tell you. people the key to getting out of debt is?
5: I think that it's avoiding lifestyle creep. Mm-hmm. That was something that I feel that we did really well over the eight years. Mm-hmm you know, Nick had a lot of promotions and a lot of pay raises. I had a few commission checks come in and they pretty much went all to the mortgage. And that was hard mm-hmm. when you see other people. It's unrewarding. It's very unrewarding. <laughs> and it, it's it's hard after a while and you just say, oh, I just want to do X, Y, Z, whatever it is. And we just didn't. We just kept saying, no, you know, mm-hmm. we, we want to pay a price to win. And, and over the course of the eight years, we spent the first four years in baby steps one through five and you know three four five felt like it took a really long time to get through we really just kind of crawled through those and those were you know hard slow years mm-hmm. and then uh we paid off 180 in the last four years whoa so it okay. really kind of picked up at the end
0: yeah and that's well, your we, income changed during that the, time
5: the income changed everything changed we were we we're working together and the snowball really got going it was it was really neat to see that
0: way to go you guys congratulations Thanks.
5: we did a tracking process as well we kind of bought these hurricane lamps and we put some uh, smooth stones in them each stone was five hundred dollars so at the end of the budget meeting at the end of the month we would you know see how much we could put in towards it and we would bring the girls in and we'd each put a rock in and sometimes we only put two and yep. sometimes we put 15 yeah, you know you but mm. it was it was something that we brought them in for and we would talk about you know why are we even doing this and what mm-hmm. is dead and why is this important and so
14: bring
0: them up let's introduce them what are their yeah. names and ages so, so i got two of them here oldest is uh, sabrina youngest mm-hmm. is cassidy Mm-hmm. Great. Hey, we've got the Live and Give box for you, the Baby Steps Millionaire's book, which is what you've done. Congratulations. The Total Money Makeover book and a Financial Peace University membership for you to either enjoy or give any of it. Just our way of saying thanks for you to come, and people buy that and give that stuff away all the time. So thank you, guys. So you. very proud of you. Nick and Laura, Sabrina and Cassidy, San Bernardino, California. 223000 paid off in 99 months, making 71 to $1. Ninety-five, baby steps, millionaires at forty-two. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Are you ready? Three, two, one. We're, We're debt-free! debt-free. Yeah. Oh, you gotta love it, man. Oh, man. Those little girls have a mom and daddy that changed their lives. Yeah. Well done. That's grown-up stuff, there, boys and girls. This is the Ramsey show our scripture of the day: Proverbs 12 15 the way of a fool is right in his own eyes but a wise man listens to advice Tommy Lasorda says the only problem with success is that it does not teach you how to deal with failure Joe is with us Joe is in uh, Cincinnati hi Joe how are you
6: I am fantastic how can we help? All right, now I've got a question. I've been pretty intently saving uh, to buy a new Bronco, even selling my early Bronco. And uh, through my intensity and focus, I've actually saved up enough to pay off my home. And now I'm struggling. Do I continue on with my plan to buy my Bronco or pay off my house?
0: Wow, that's cool. Those Broncos are cool. So, what do you make?
9: Uh, about one fifty.
0: Hmm. What's the Bronco cost?
9: Uh, 56.
0: Okay. And you pay off your house? I'm for f- a car guy. You pay off your I'm house a for 56? car guy, and I've got a couple
6: other ones.
0: Yes. You have a couple of other cars?
6: Yeah, I've got a an old classic from my father-in-law and then an uh, early Bronco that I've also had for about 35 years that the value has increased on it also.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah those things are through the roof. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Um... Well, it, it's a simple question that you have to answer for yourself. I don't think anyone else can answer it for you. What do you want more—a new Bronco or a paid-off house? And um, I'm the other side of all of that. Um, let, let me just tell you this too: it's not—it's not a permanent choice. It's which one do you want first?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Because if you buy the paid-off Bronco, then your next goal is you're going to pay off the house, and you make good money, and you're going to pay it off fairly quick, right?
10: Yes. Or it's if you pay off year. the
0: house, if you pay off the house, you don't have a house payment, um, and now we can save like crazy and mm-hmm. buy a new Bronco. So I mean, my guess is is that um, two years from today you've accomplished both goals. Agreed. Yes. So, just which one do you want for the next two years? Cause the other one's going to wait 18 months to two years.
6: Yeah. I'm also struggling cause I've drove junk for years, uh, and, and even a free car to keep it going just so I can do something. And I'm struggling spending that much money, thinking of spending that much money on a vehicle. Now it's always what I thought I wanted when it comes down to, uh, letting it go for that. I don't know. Uh,
0: you're not getting rid of the other two classics, right? No. Okay, good.
2: I was gonna say I love the old Bronco more than the new one, but this is your money.
0: Yeah, oh, I, I wouldn't make the trade. I'd keep those yeah, two and then absolutely. add the add the new one to the mix. The new one's a cool car. It's it's a neat car. Um, Are you driving something that you're not proud of right now? Is he's that why he's you driving? He's driving one of those classics, aren't you? Uh,
6: no, right now no. I'm driving about a eight thousand dollar car. I upgraded last year from my freebie junker. Uh, so I upgraded in uh, meantime to save up for a bronco I've just been able to
0: save up sooner than i thought what's the uh, what's the balance on your house exactly uh seventy two thousand and you have fifty six in the Bronco account or what
6: uh just in my general savings uh we actually have about uh, i think uh seventy uh, liquid right now, not counting our emergency fund
0: what's in the emergency fund
6: uh we keep about twenty. And there, and it's normally low, but I've retired military. So I've got a pension, a mm-hmm. good pension that comes in monthly. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I love the car. I love the Bronco. I think they're cool cars. I don't own one of them, but I think they're a very cool car. I can understand where you're coming from. Having said that, I personally would wait 18 months to buy the new Bronco and I would pay off my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right. the point is you're going to do both within 24 months. And you need to have a game plan to do that. It's just a matter of which one goes first. That's the only choice we're making. We're not making a choice of Bronco versus house. We're making a choice of which one comes first in the twenty-four month calendar. And that helps Sounds me. Good. That helps me make the decision to do the house. Does that make sense? Yes. And then, then you're going to feel a little wiser spending this much on a car than you feel right now. You feel like you're overdoing it a little bit right now because that house is still dangling out there. And if you do the house first and the Bronco second, the Bronco's not going to come with as much guilt.
2: Yeah. And if, if that older Bronco is pretty slick, I'd get rid of the $8,000 car, sell it, Drive the sweet Bronco around if you want to upgrade. You've worked hard. I get what he's saying. He's like, I've been driving crap for so long, Man. and now I kind of want to drive something nice. But I'm with you. That house is going up in value. The Bronco he buys will not.
0: No. No, no it's not. I know the old one did, but you're yeah. not going to keep this one 45 years. That's and it's right. It's not going to be That's correct. a thing. So, And it's not uh, – Eighteen hundred bucks, which is what you paid for the other ones, <laughs> right, Exactly, right. <laughs> Back in the day, or whatever, crazy? whatever it was. You yeah, know,
2: I, just, but I would be driving that old Bronco. Yeah, around. If it I don't were
0: know, me, I, it depends on you don't you don't want to mess it up. You don't put miles on it. Oh, yeah. yeah, I get it. Not a daily driver. Joe's in Cincinnati. Hey, Joe, what's up? Oh, that's Thanks. what it's women. Oh, we went back to Joe. I just I sure. screwed up. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. Brian is in Los Angeles. Let's try that. Hey, Brian, how are you?
9: Hello, sir. I'm doing great. Thank you for the time to be on here today. I've been a big listener to you guys for a while now because you got out of debt a couple of years ago. Thanks. But um, my, que- my question today is uh, I'm married. I have two boys. We live in Los Angeles County. And my question is, uh, we make a good income here. And, um, however, we're very unsatisfied with the quality of life here, just, the uh, school values, the crime, the homelessness, and all in all, just the unchristian society. So we're considering relocating to another state, um, such as either Tennessee or Idaho or a few others. Um, the issue is that, um, our, my projected income would probably be cut close to being in half.
0: Why? What um, do you do? I,
9: so I'm a police officer in LA County okay. and with overtime, mm-hmm. uh, I usually bring around 140 to 150 a year, and the same salary in those areas are are, are a good bit less, maybe like 60 percent of that. Yeah, and but you, you, you you're
0: any, at You're comparing overtime to no overtime, also. Yep, it's not half, True. but it is in, in your field. It is substantially less. Yeah.
2: But it's also worth just kicking the tires in other states. You know, what would an Atlanta metro situation, that's not the greatest thing in the world, but it's the cost of living would be less than L.A. Look at multiple states in a region to kind of see what your opportunities are.
0: How long have you been on the force? Uh, That's another thing, 12 years. Does that qualify qualify you for moving into like a a highway patrol role in one of the states? Because those do pay a lot more than the states you're talking Mm -hmm. about.
9: I would likely be able to go into any type of law enforcement field in, in any other state, but just com- comparing it to California, it truly is a significant... Not necessarily. Yeah. Not necessarily. How Not, much research have you done
2: on this? And I'm going to tell you why. I covered this story recently. The Fraternal Order of Police, uh, they are having a hard time recruiting police officers. You understand why. I don't need to get into that. And there's a great opportunity right now for you with 12 years of experience in Los Angeles County. I think you need to do more research and see what your opportunities for uh transfer would look like and then growth. And Dave makes a very good point. There may even moving be some a, signing
0: bonuses available.
2: Yeah. And moving into a state police role uh in another region of the country could be really lucrative. And that for would
0: you. not necessarily be a pay cut then. Yeah. I mean you move into a Bureau of Investigation yep. in one of the states, like Tennessee B- TBI or something like that. Um, but
2: we, I would get out. That's the heart of his question. Yeah. I would get out. If I felt the way that you set it up to Dave and I, I would
0: get out. I think you're um, moving, but I think you've got to do a little bit more work on the career side mm-hmm. so that it isn't as big a cut as you perceive it to be. That's correct. Because that what you're outlining at first blush is true. I mean, if you compare it to an outlying county or something like that in, uh, you know, in, in a Texas, a Tennessee, or what Florida, whatever you might, you might, uh, you might see that bigger cut. But there's ways to get into a metro situation. There's ways to get into state situations, mm-hmm. and with your experience, you might move in, move up several, um, pay levels uh, in one of those states, and actually come out fairly close. And there's overtime available everywhere in your world. Tell you what, high school football games and church on Sunday morning. (laughs) Everywhere, police everywhere. Hey, man, we appreciate you. Stay safe out there. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus.